Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday morning. God is good, isn't he? Isn't God just so incredibly wonderful? I'd like to start the sermon in dedication to my mother. She passed away yesterday at 5.45 p.m. after a battle with cancer, which she won. Wait, 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 Pastor Jason, did you just say she won't, but you just said she passed away, that's right. She did pass away, and yes, she did win. But she no longer has to live in this fallen world. She's in heaven now, with my Father, and your Father, our Father in heaven, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Spirit of God, heaven. Don't you imagine the Spirit of God in heaven? I mean, the Spirit of God lives within each and every one of us. And the Spirit of God moves all over the earth, always, at all times. But sometimes we, we may get to a point where we don't feel like we can feel the Spirit. Or we're not sure that we can hear the Spirit, or we're not sure that the Spirit of God is with us at that point in time. And that is because the world gets in the way of, of, of us, of our connection with God. God will never leave us, but sometimes, sometimes there, well, there, there are those that leave Him. They turn their back on Him, that deny Jesus. And as Jesus said, He who denies me, I will deny to my Father. But there are those that just completely turn their back on God and walk in the other direction. It's bizarre to me. I can't imagine. I can't imagine turning away from God. All His goodness and all His love. But but, but if He's good and He has love, then, then why is the world fallen? Because as because through God's goodness, He gave us free will. The will to choose Him, but also the will not to choose Him. Because that's the only will that is free. So, because there are those that choose Him not, the world is fallen. Because there are more that don't choose God than do only a loving God would give us absolute free will. And that's why I want Now, He could have made us all slaves. But if He made us all slaves, slaves to His with without the right to choose, then the world would be perfect. But he gave us freedom to choose. Freedom to choose him and freedom not to choose. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why there are those who don't choose God. But they all have their reasons. But my, my mom, she won the day. She is no longer suffering. 
as cancer eats away at her. She is living right now as we speak in heaven with God Almighty, with the living God. She's walking with Jesus right now, dancing with the angels. And I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm not jealous, but jealousy is, is not mine. But I, I long to see Jesus. I long to be with Him. And I told her every day for the last three weeks, whenever I would be her, I told her about it. I told her, if you're here tomorrow, then I'll see you tomorrow. And if you're not here tomorrow, and you're in heaven, well, I'll see you soon. And so now, I will see her soon. And how soon soon is? Well, that's up to God. But I have faith that He knows just the right time. Just the right time when I get to go be with Him and I get to see one of them and my grandfather and my grandmother and everyone that's gone to heaven before me and everyone that will go to heaven after me. God is truly wonderful. And I am so thankful that He drew me to Him. It, it says in the Bible that He draws, He draws those of us to Jesus. Because naturally, our hearts are evil. Satan has corrupted this world so much that naturally we just turn to evil. We don't naturally turn to God. He has to draw us to Him. And I am so thankful that He drew me to Him. And that I am a child of the living God. Born not just of flesh, but born of spirit. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We praise You, Lord. We thank You for this day that You've given us. Father, please... Please settle our hearts and our minds knowing, Lord, that whatever suffering we have here on earth, it is but a short time comparative to the glory of everlasting life in heaven with you. Father, I pray that these words that I'm about to speak, this sermon that I'm about to preach that you have given to me, will open hearts and minds to the possibility and the truth that is Jesus. And those that believe but are asleep will be awakened and will pursue you, will seek you doing your will. And those that do not believe will be made known. They will know you, they will believe in you, and they will seek to serve you. Please use me. 
move through me. Then let me say and do everything according to your will, to you, to your love and your light. I pray and I ask these things as a humble servant before you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's jump into this. First and foremost, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to have to try not to bump into that. And then 2 Peter. And then Lamentations. We're jumping around a little bit today. And then John. And we're going to finish out in Jeremiah. Now let me go over that again. 2 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 10. <coughs> 2 Peter, chapter 3. Lamentations, chapter 3. John, chapter 10. And Jeremiah, chapter 29. All right. Pardon me. <clears throat> All right, Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me break that down. Casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalteth, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. So, do not basically remove everything from you that highlights itself against the knowledge of God. So, for example, there are movies and shows and cartoons and tons of stuff out there that I have seen, that I've watched throughout my life up until the last couple of years. And these things that I've watched, many, many things. If, if you start breaking down everything that's on the TV, there is so much of the same stuff that just keeps getting reused. And one thing that keeps getting reused and has been reused for so long is that God and Satan are a fictional character. Are fictional characters. They're in comic books, they're on TV, they're in cartoons. The central drive is that God is but a fictional character. And Satan is but a fictional character. Sometimes it's driven that Satan is a fictional character, but, it, but nothing about God. But if you believe that Satan is a fictional character, then obviously most people will believe that God is. But there are so many shows, like 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 shows that that adults watch and kids watch. There's tons of shows and movies out there pushing and driving the same thing. 
that God and Satan are but a fictional character thought up in someone's mind. And that, my friends, is absolutely false. So that is something. That is passing down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. I'm having a hard time with exalteth. So we need to cast down all of those things that we watch on a daily basis that puts itself, exalts itself against the knowledge that we have of God. Of God Almighty. The living God. The God that created the heavens and the earth. The God that created everything. It wasn't the Big Bang that created the universe. It was God. And God may have very well created what scientists call the Big Bang. But it was created by God. And God is alive. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live. And they move throughout this planet. And they, and they move above us. And they're with us always. They being Him, God. One God. And I use the plural because at times God uses the plural. For Him and His Son and His Spirit. Father, Son, and Spirit. He uses the plural of Himself, one God. I know, mantra. And Satan is not a fictional character. All Satan has to do is prove that he doesn't exist. And if he proves that he doesn't exist to someone's mind, if they believe that Satan doesn't exist... then they may very well believe that God doesn't exist. So Satan doesn't have to prove that he exists. He just has to knock you off your path. He just has to draw your attention away from the truth. That's it. And he wins. Because his ultimate goal, he knows that he has an end. He knows that his end is the burning lake of fire. And there's nothing he can do to stop it. Though it's written here that he will surely try. He will surely try. So his ultimate goal is to lead as many people, creations of God, away from God, where they will be burning in a lake of fire with them. That's what he wants. You've heard the saying, misery loves company. Well, that is his desire. To be miserable and in absolute pain and agony with as many of God's creations as possible. So we need to cast down imaginations and anything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. We need to cast it down and turn away from it. Don't watch TV. Don't read books. Don't 
partake in anything that tries to undermine the truth. And the truth is God. Alright, let's, uh, let's go to 2 Peter. Forgive me, my allergies are a little worse than normal this morning. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 3 through 14. <sighs> Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water. There are those who are saying, well, where's God? I thought He was coming. What's going on? Why? Why hasn't He come? If there is actually a God, why hasn't He come? That's what He's saying. Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Verse 6. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens... And the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition and of ungodly men. Now, they believe there are many that scoff and, and, and try to turn others away, saying, if God exists, where is He? If God exists... How did he create, if he's perfect, how did he create the earth and then have to flood it and then make men again and now he's going to have to come back and then Jesus had to fix things and, and now he's going to have to come back again if he's perfect. That's what many do. Trying to turn us away from God. Trying to pull us away and just give us an ounce of it. One little ounce of doubt can lead you down the darkest road. See what Peter says. Verse 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word... Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, as a, and a thousand years as one day. Many people misuse that. They misuse that first. There's even scientists that don't believe in God that will use that and say, well, see, it's because of that that we know that the earth isn't, you know, six, seven, eight thousand years old. It's actually billions of years old because your God said, Peter is saying, That what is a short time for us and a short time for God are two different things. A short time for us is a couple weeks. A short time for God could be thousands of years. 
Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is waiting to come back to this fallen world and save it and save all of us because He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone not to get to go to Him. He doesn't. He wants as many people as possible to be saved through the blood of Jesus. So, once the tribulation starts, as many as as get to ascend to heaven in that time frame. Get to ascend to heaven in that time frame. I didn't really say it right, but you get my gist. He's waiting because he loves us that much. He's waiting until everyone that can be saved is saved. So no one misses the boat. But if you've read Revelations, the rapture isn't pre-tribulation. It's right in the midst of the tribulation. In fact, it's towards the end. After the sixth seal has been opened. And then Jesus gathers the harvest and we go to heaven. After that, if you've read Revelations more than once, because you're not going to catch it the first time, right? the Lord says, any who die in my name from henceforth will also be with me in heaven. So, if you miss the boat the first time, He's going to give you a chance to get back on, on the return path. But those on the first boat, I'm using that as an analogy, they won't have to die. Anyone on the earth that's living after the sixth seal is open will ascend to heaven alive. Our bodies will change on the trip up. Everyone after. Not everyone, but many after. Will only reach heaven through the death, through all, through the rest of the tribulation and the wrath. Personally, if it's me, I'd rather go up on the first boat, and that's what God is waiting for. As many as can go up to heaven. A lot. As many as can go up to heaven waiting. For everyone that dies now before the tribulation begins, everyone that dies now goes to heaven and waits till the time comes for all of this to take place. Read Revelation when you get a chance. It's it's incredibly amazing. It used to scare me when I read it. Now I just every time I read it, I'm like, I want to go now, please, Lord, take me home. Our associate pastor, Jason Gant, he preaches at the nursing home. I started out preaching there, and he uh, he took over right around the middle of where we were. Preaching in Revelation. So yeah, he'll actually be preaching there today. But he's been preaching in Revelations every week. And 
Man, I'll tell you what. I started preaching Revelation, sitting in on those sermons that he's been preaching. I'm learning it in a different way. If you'll read the Bible in a way that you want, if you'll read it in a way that you're also going to teach it to someone else, you'll absorb it much more intently, much more completely than if you're just reading it for yourself. And then if you are saying it, teaching it to someone else, you absorb it even then another way. And that's all God's intention. He's so good, isn't he? He is so good. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What person ought ye to be? Indeed. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The heaven. Heaven will melt away. God is going to remake heaven. The heavens will melt away and all of the heavenly hosts in heaven will be on earth for a short time. Verse 13, Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. Do not cast, do not partake in things that are not of God. Willing. There's much that we partake in in this fallen world that we can't help. Or that we don't realize we're partaking of until we do realize it. And then once we realize it, we stop. Because everything of this world exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Jesus is coming. But he's waiting until everyone that can be saved is saved. So no one misses the boat. So everyone that can have eternal life gets eternal life. That's why I'm here. That's why every preacher that's actually serving God, there are those that aren't. False prophets. It's been worn throughout the ages that there are false prophets that will come in sheep's clothing. They will come as shepherds serving God. But what they will be doing is leading astray all those who listen. And those exist even now. And they have existed. And will continue to exist until Jesus comes and purifies this world. 
I long for the day that I'm no longer tempted. Can you imagine no temptation? Because Satan can't get us there. He can't get us there. Oh, and, and just not to leave that undone, God will remake heaven. So when He melts the heavens, the new heaven will be New Jerusalem. And much of the old prophecy of Jerusalem is about New Jerusalem. The new heaven. The Jews of old didn't realize that. Even the Jewish nation now does. Many of them deny that Jesus is the Son of God. They still believe that He was but a prophet. Jesus is God. He moves. He reigns. And He's coming back at the right time. And and God's timing is always perfect. Because God is perfect. There is no dark in Him. There is no sin in Him. He is light and love and perfection. Let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 20 through 22 through 26. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Amen. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. To the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. God's love is greater than our sin. His mercy is greater than our stupidity. His mercy is new every single day. There's there's a lot of songs out there that say that. Because it's true. His mercy is new every single day. And if you repent, If you say, God, I have sinned. Please help me not to sin. Please forgive me of my sin. He will not only forgive your sin completely, but He will forget. Which means He will will not hold it against you. He will not hold it against you. You are forgiven and washed clean as white as snow. And why? Because the blood of Jesus was shed so that we are redeemed. We are saved and sin has no hold on us. God's mercy is much greater than our sin. His mercy is a result of His perfect and undying love 
And it is undying because He is undying. God is infinite. He has existed before time and He will exist forever. Because time has a beginning and an end. God has no beginning. He is the creator of time and no, and not bound by it. He's bound by nothing. God is bound by nothing. Wherein we, His children, are bound by everything. And yet, there are those who believe that they are greater than God. Or greater than the need for God. Because they have little contraptions that can float around in space and show them things way off. And they can figure out stuff. And they're wise. Except they're not wise. None of us. God confounds the wise. He is greater. In His weakness, His weakness, which God has no weakness, but the weakest point of God is still greater than anything that's ever existed and ever will. Much greater than the greatest of us. And God doesn't go for the super intelligent, the super smart, the super strong. Moses, one of the greater prophets, some say the greatest prophet of all. God used Moses when he was about 40. And he, he didn't speak well in front of others. He wasn't bold. He wasn't strong in any way. God made him what he wanted him to be. Just as God made me, just as God will make you. If you have faith and you believe and you know and you pray that God will deliver you. And when I say no and pray, you have to know before you even pray that if it's according to God's will, He will answer that prayer. And if it isn't according to His will, He'll figure it out. And He'll do for you. Because He is for you. He'll give you what you need, when you need it, and how you need it. He'll give you everything that you need to serve Him. If you but have faith and believe. If you but have faith and believe that God, in all of His goodness, in all of His glory, in all of His grace, loves you, beyond any comprehension, beyond anything we, as human beings, can understand. <clears throat> His mercy is greater than our sin. All we have to do is believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, believe that He died so that we could be redeemed, Believe that He resurrected so that we are reborn in the Spirit. Believe that He sent the apostles to spread the good news to the entire world. Believe that He ascended to be in heaven with God and the gates of hope. And the gates of heaven were open to us. Sorry, I go a little bit. I go a little bit. 
excited and I forget how to actually say what I'm thinking. If you believe that He has sent and the gates of heaven are open to us, then you know that this body falls, but we live. Because His mercy is new every day. (coughs) Pardon me. Let's go to John chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 27 through 30. (coughs) Pardon me. Verse 27, this is Jesus speaking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And if we hold fast and believe and be with Him and commune with Him and fellowship with Him and never turn away from Him, when this body goes to sleep and our spirit ascends to heaven, no man will ever, no one will ever be able to take us from Him. All we have to do is believe and know that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is good. That Jesus and the Father are one. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all one God. All we have to do is stay faithful to Him as He is faithful to us until these bodies sleep or until He returns and takes us to be with Him. Satan cannot reach us there. Nothing can take us from God once we reach eternal life. Nothing can take us from God. But while we're here, we can choose to turn away from Him. And the only reason we would is Satan duping us into it. God will never leave us and never forsake us. Even those who have turned away and walked away from Him, He's still working on them to to turn them back around and have faith and believe and know that He is God and He is good and He loves us. He loves us so much that Jesus came and suffered torture, countless torture. And hung on a cross and gave up His life so that we would live. That's love. That's the absolute epitome of love. That is the epitome of love. 
the ultimate sacrifice. But that's not the ultimate sacrifice made by a sinful person. That's the ultimate sacrifice made by God who is innocent, who came to a fallen world to spread the truth, the good news, and then died without sin and became sin so that we no longer are bound by sin. That is the most perfect love that's ever been. God's love. God's perfect love. And His mercy is greater than our sin. His love is greater than any evil. His love is greater than our evil. He is God and He is good. Let's finish up in Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to read verse 13. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when when ye shall search for me with all your heart. This is God speaking. Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And this isn't just your fleshly heart. This is your spiritual heart. Your fleshly heart will lead you to the enemy. But your spiritual heart will lead your flesh. Your spirit has to lead your flesh, not the other way around. If your flesh leads, it'll lead you to darkness and death. But if your spirit leads, and you seek God with all of your heart, your spirit leading you, you will find God. If you seek Him, you will find Him. If you search for Him, the Spirit leading with all your heart. You will find him. And he, he's no He's no even before you were a person, even before you were in the womb, you know. And me. And he, he's been waiting for the day that you would find him. That you would know that he's always been here with you. Just waiting for you to believe and know and understand that you've never been alone. Ever. You've never been alone. I've never been alone. No one has ever been alone. Even when they're in their deepest, darkest time and they thought they were absolutely alone in the dark, God was there. And will be there. Until the end.
read Revelations when you get a chance. It's eye-opening. It opens the inner parts of your heart. It opens your spirit and makes you see the truth, the absolute truth. Truth has a name. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through Jesus. Only through Him. Can we have eternal life? In heaven, with God. Only through Jesus. He is the truth. So seek Jesus. Go through every avenue you can find to find Jesus, to seek Him, and and read about Jesus, and word of mouth about Jesus, until you know Jesus. For to know Jesus is to love Jesus. And then the truth will, as the saying goes, set you free. The truth will set you free. For He is the truth, and He is the only way To be free. Because God's mercy is greater than our sin. His love endures forever. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for this message. Thank you for giving us this word that you've given Thank you for moving through me to deliver it to everyone that hears and sees and let them know and understand and believe. Let them seek Jesus. Let them seek truth and know truth and know Jesus and know eternal life. Lord, we praise you We glorify you. And we love you so much. And I pray and I ask all of these things as a humble son before you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. God bless you.